Hey, Shalene. It's Carissa from Buckley, Washington. It's about an hour away from Seattle in a teensy tiny town. You are my good conscience, and pretty much you're the little angel on my shoulder talking to me in that little voice in my head, cheering me on, or when I'm about ready to just quit my job because I some days feel like I want to quit on the spot. You're in my head saying, Carissa, slow and steady. Slow it down, girlfriend, because we're going to transition and God's got this. So thank you for that. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm also a push goal lifer. Been using it the last 60 days and I will not stop. I have accomplished more goals, I think, in my entire life by using the push journal. Also, thank you so much to you and Brett for just, wow, I have a mouthful today. For just being honest about your marriage because I'm in the beginning steps of my marriage and what you are sharing is so relatable and it gives me so much hope and excitement to see where my husband and I are going. I love you. Thank you. Bye. Eventually, we're all going to have one. A physical setback physical setback, we think of it in terms of its physical impact on us, but there's so much more to it. So whether it's a surgery or an injury, or maybe it's due to overtraining, a trip, a fall, an accident, a pregnancy, an unexpected surgery, you name it, at some point you either have had or will have in the future an unexpected setback. And that's what we're going to discuss today on The Shalene Show. Welcome to Car Smart Friday. My name's Shalene. Put your seatbelt on. We are going for a ride. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Over the course of my fitness career, I've had, gosh, I can't count how many physical setbacks I've had. Literally derailing setbacks. An injury that's cost me the ability to exercise, my livelihood, I've had to change the dates of production and which meant it just has a trickle down effect. You know, having to tell your producer that you broke a rib snowboarding and unfortunately everybody's schedule is now impacted by it. Not just the filming schedule, but the production schedule, the graphic arts, the marketing, the release date, like everything was impacted when there was some type of physical setback. And so... In my career, when I would have a physical setback, it wasn't just the physical part of it. The mental and emotional part of it was huge. And I learned pretty quickly that I think the emotional side of it can be far worse than the physical setback. Since that time, I've had to learn how to better cope with physical setbacks. And the way I've been able to to do that is by recognizing that the first thing to take care of is the mental side. When something happens, like when you sprain your ankle or you have an injury, whatever it is that causes a physical setback for you, maybe it's even just a, you know, having the flu, we tend to think about, okay, how do I get better so I can get back to what I was doing? And I think the biggest mistake that we make is that we focus on what we can't do and how soon can I return to where I was, which it's just too big of a goal. It's the wrong thing to do. It sets you up for an emotional and mental devastation, emotional and mental setback. 
So let's talk about what happens when we have a physical setback. A physical setback has an impact on every area of our life, including our relationships. And here's why. Because what we do, our regular behaviors, our actions, just, you know, the way we move through the world, what we do every day, the way we act, the way we behave, the way we conduct ourselves relates to our physicality, like the way you do things and how you do things and the timing of things. So that means, like, let's say you're not someone who exercises, just having a broken ankle or anything else that changes your physicality, it's going to change everything. It's going to change your habits. It's going to change your anchors. It's going to change your mood. But for the sake of this episode, I want to imagine that the majority of people, it's going to impact your exercise as well. So let's talk about what impacts you need to consider. So you know you're not going crazy. Like this is a real thing. When you have a physical setback, the first thing you're going to notice it affects is your mood. Because the way that we move and how often we move, and especially if you exercise releases chemicals in the brain, including brain-derived neurotropic factor, BDNF, that have a major impact on our hormones and our mood regulation. Mood regulation, people don't realize, has so much to do with physical activity. That's why I always tell people the best antidepressant is to just get out and move. So when you have a physical setback, and you're not moving in the same way or at the same pace or at the same intensity or at all, right away, it's not even just like, oh man, I'm bummed out because I can't do that. Like it's as if you're not getting your meds. There's a different balance in your brain when you can't be as active as you once were. When that happens, you don't quite feel like yourself, right? And you know that and you can sense that and that kind of puts you on edge. You've heard the phrase before, I just feel out of sorts. Well, when you are off of your program, off of your routine, we all feel out of sorts. Think about even when you're on vacation, you know, sometimes you're, you're like, I'm so happy that I'm on vacation, but something, uh, I just feel a little out of sorts. Like, or maybe you've moved or a habit has changed to the time that you start work each day has altered or maybe you started a new job and you know when anytime things have changed a little bit then you're off your program you feel out of sorts and that can create a negative feedback loop which impacts your confidence and negative self-talk now if part of the things that you do every day the physical nature of how you conduct your day and what you do and who you are that is all tied to your identity That's part of who you are is what you do. You know that, right? So if if suddenly you can't do what you've always done, even if no one is even aware, you begin to question who you are. You begin to feel not quite like yourself. Is this sounding familiar? And if part of what you do, the physical nature of that involves like your community, say for example, you are or your son, let's say, is a a member of the high school wrestling team and he has an injury. Now, not only is he dealing with the fact that he's, you know, maybe sidelined and not going to practice, he's also not experiencing the support and endorphins that you feel when you're around your, your people, your community, and you feel alienated. Even if it's just, you know, you normally go to the gym by yourself and you exercise by yourself. You don't talk to anybody. 
and now you've got an injury so you're not going to the gym even though you might not have you know like connected with those people on a personal level that was and is your community and now you're isolated from them and isolation increases our stress hormones so now we've got a reduction in our happy hormones we have an increase in our stress hormones like cortisol we have reduction in bdnf we've got self-doubt we're questioning our own identity our mood is off which means for sure everybody around you is noticing you're kind of being a pill and you know that too and so it creates this negative loop and it can for some people really impact their body image so let's face it if you have to take two weeks off of the gym nothing about your body's gonna change like come on big picture here in two weeks time 1% body fat maybe right I mean and that's if you really are doing nothing and also changing your eating habits like it's so minuscule it's not even worth worrying about but we feel like it is especially if there's a little bit of exercise addiction going on like that's part of what you have to do to feel like who you are if that's if you feel like if you're not exercising you know for a couple of days you're losing your body or you're losing your shape or you just feel like your whole body's going soft p.s that is I'm going to coin the phrase exercise dysmorphia where you think more is happening in each workout than what's really happening. I mean, you really want to think about the sum of the whole picture. And frankly, what most people don't realize who are in that state, it's an, you know, kind of borderline orthorexia or even orthorexics where you just, you can't not take a day off. What you don't realize is the blessing that is in that rest because it's probably one of the reasons why you're injured. It's because you didn't factor in that rest is part of your It needs to be part of your physical pursuits. Like, you know, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish for your body, it can't be accomplished without rest. But nonetheless, when that happens, you know, whether it's realistic or unrealistic or, you know, completely a product of the fiction of your imagination, it's still there. So we can't deny your feelings about that. And if you're starting to feel negative now about your body image and you start to believe like, oh my gosh, everything's going to go soft. I'm going to lose all my progress. That just adds to the negative feedback loop. And then you start to feel you're ready for it. You start to feel sorry for yourself. And you start to resent people who can do the thing that you can't do right now. That you're, you know, maybe you were taking for granted. And now you just feel a little more than self-doubt. It's like, I don't want to say hopelessness, but you can start to get on this downward spiral where you feel like I'm never going to be the same. It's going to take me so long to get back. I can't do what I was once doing. So maybe I should just do nothing. It's kind of that all or nothing mentality. When that happens and your confidence is low, your energy is low, your mood is low. You've got discord now between you and the people that you love. You don't feel like yourself. Now all of your habits are off. Like your whole life feels like it's ruined because you've twisted your ankle. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Or you're on bed rest or whatever it is, like whatever it is, you can really start to pretty quickly spiral and lose a feeling of hope. You've disrupted this one little thing. You don't even, I mean, just, I don't think we give it enough weight or credence how major it is for someone to have any kind of injury or setback. Like even if it's just like your back has been acting up for a couple days or a couple of months or whatever, 
it always feels like it's going to be forever. So if you know someone who's been dealing with an unexpected injury or some kind of a physical setback, send them this podcast so that they know you listen to it and you really like have a better understanding. I hope that it gives everyone a little bit more empathy to think in these terms and maybe even some grace towards yourself. But better than that, I know I've, I've highlighted all the negative things. I'm not trying to highlight them. I'm just trying to bring awareness to them so you don't think you're going crazy, that you don't think you're just suddenly in a bad mood or that it's just you. This is very, very common. Question is, or where I would like to help you with this is understanding what to do about it. Having experienced countless physical setbacks from overtraining and, you know, being a little bit of a risk taker and trying to learn new things and trying to do things on my snowboard that maybe I shouldn't have, all the while teaching classes, overtraining, all those things, you know, and having so many people. It wasn't just part of my identity. It is my identity, right? And especially during that time. And it would affect people's livelihood every time I had a setback. I mean, if I missed an opportunity to create a program because that was the block of time that, you know, the producers or Beachbody who I was working with at the time, if I missed that opportunity, then it had to be like rescheduled. It's just, it's a whole thing. You just know you're inconveniencing. You're not just inconveniencing yourself. You're inconveniencing like the world. It feels like it that way. And you know, you're costing people money and time and you're, it's a disappointment. So I had to figure out a way to make it better emotionally. Here's the deal. If you don't make it better emotionally, it's going to take you 10 times longer to heal. And it's going to take a greater toll than it needs to take. It does not need to be as horrible as what I've just described. But here's how you do that. Number one, you have got to move. I don't care what it is. You can work something. This morning I was with my physical therapist, by the way, and I noticed that I was having tightness in my good leg, my right leg. My left leg is the one that I had a hamstring avulsion. And I'm noticing all of the same kind of symptoms. Like I started to get a little bit of piriformis on that side. That happened on the left side before I had my hamstring avulsion. I'm noticing that I'm getting excessively sore adductors, like the inner thigh muscle that wraps around the front of the knee and my knee's getting tight. And all of those things happened on the left side before I had my injury. And when they were happening, I was just, I don't want to say ignored them. I was aware of them, but I wasn't taking it as seriously as I needed to. And so I've learned, all right, when I catch the signs, I'm going to treat it before it becomes a thing. So anyways, I was talking to him about it today and he said, absolutely. You know, in his experience, I got to get him on the show because this guy's been doing what he does for 30 years and been training professional athletes, everyone from you know, again, athletes to bodybuilders, weekend warriors, and people like you who just want to keep going and, and feel their best. And he was saying that, you know, the difference is mindset, that you've got to get it in your brain. The all or nothing mindset will keep you injured and down longer. Do you have to remember with almost rare exception, there's always something you can do. So I kept trying to come up with scenarios. I'm like, oh yeah, well, what if you've thrown out your back and you can't even get up out of bed? What would you do? And he said, I I would focus on hands and feet. There are things you can do with your hands and feet. You can learn breathing techniques. 
breathing techniques that relax the body. You can learn how to meditate. You can learn more about the muscle. Like there's so much you can do that is actually physical that will give you some of the things that you're missing right now. Like just learning certain breathing techniques can help to replenish that adrenaline and that BDNF that your brain creates when you are exercising. And those are the things that help the body to heal because they reduce stress and they make you feel more normal. The next thing that you'll need to do is try to maintain your routine as much as possible. Knowing this, in recent years when I've had a setback, it's not a big deal. Now I really frame it as a blessing. When I ripped my hamstring off the bone, there were a lot of negatives. I don't need to go over those. There were things that I was quite nervous about missing and etc. But right away, knowing I'd been here before, I thought, okay, what are the blessings? Okay. Oh, I know. Oh, I can think of so many blessings. And three days later, as soon as I was able to, which is like literally three days later, even though I was still prescribed to be pretty much on bed rest, most people would still be on the couch. I wanted to maintain my routine. So with a, you know, leg and a full locked in cast and crutches, I went to the gym. Can I do cardio? Nope. Can I do leg day? Nope. Can I do some upper body exercises? Yep. And that's what I did. I just did what I could do. I'm not trying to be back to where I was. My goal was just to do something. That's your goal. Do something. Because as Steve said this morning, when you do nothing that is worse than zero, you're actually moving backwards. When you do nothing, you're actually regressing. When you do something, you're not regressing. Even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, even if you're just focusing on breathing. But if you do nothing, absolutely nothing, you're just making things worse than worse. It's not, oh, well, I've done nothing. At least I'm not getting worse. No, you're, you're getting worse if you're doing nothing because you're not taking care of your mental and emotional well-being. And our health is so important and our health doesn't necessarily just have to me mean that you can jump up and down and move your arms and legs and be at 100%. So maintain your routine as much as possible because that also is about your mental state. So a lot of people have been asking me about my CBD because you watch my nighttime bedtime routines. And for a long time, I've just been kind of quiet about my brands. I'm pretty careful about not showing you brands on social media because sometimes I don't feel like I've done all of my research yet or I haven't been taking it long enough to share with you my honest opinion on it. And I don't want to mislead anyone. Like it's fine for me, but I don't want everybody trying something unless I really have had the opportunity to do the research, to figure out how I feel about the quality, to figure out how it's affected me, and then to feel comfortable and have integrity in my recommendation. So I want to share with you the CBD brand that I've been using now for uh, a year and a half. And that is My Soul CBD. It's great. So Brett uses it every day too. He's been using it just as long as I have. I use it at night typically. I love the flavors. I will put in a full dropper just under my tongue. I keep it in there sublingually and swallow it. The reason why I like my CBD or my soul CBD is because of this. And this is a little education for some of you. There's zero THC in this brand, which means if you have to do any type of testing or if you wanted to give it to your kids, etc., there are none of the drug effects. There's none of the psychedelic effects. However, there's an immense amount of research, and we're learning more every day, to be honest, that taking 
a quality form of CBD can help reduce anxiety, can help feelings of being calm. Many people are taking it to improve their sleep. I take it for inflammation. I just feel better when I wake up. My joints don't ache as much. I find that I sleep better. And so much of that is part of my bedtime routine. It's like I take my CBD and I start to feel myself calm down. I don't know if it has that tremendous effect on me, but it's part of my nighttime routine. And I know I feel better because of it. I also love their flavors. So you could just put it in your hot cocoa or your tea. You can put it in your water. I love their watermelon mint. I just put the dropper right in my mouth. I think it tastes great. And we also started using their pet line for Rocco, our dog, who was having like major uh, immune issues. We won't get into that. But their pet line is top quality, top grade. I love My Soul CBD. And the company was started by my friend Angie Lee and her brother, who's a, I think he's now retired professional boxer, just to deal with her anxiety and and for him anxiety and you know the aches and pains and the things that go with training and they were looking for a safe alternative and they really care about quality ingredients they really care about how the product is made and how it's lab tested and so I'm really proud to be able to share that with you and thankful that they are giving my listeners a 20% discount so what you do is you go to mysoulcbd.com and when you check out enter the name Shalene, C-H-A-L-E-N-E, and you'll get 20% off. Oh, I forgot to tell you, they have a new product, or I should say a new line of CBD gummy chews, and they're quite tasty. I might say so myself. You could almost like go, hmm, do I need more CBD today? So, you know, if it bugs you to put oil under your tongue or oil in your drink, these gummies actually taste delicious, and it's a nice alternative if you don't want to carry around a liquid in your purse or when you're traveling. So you can try those gummies as well. They're really good. I already went through my whole bottle. Anyways, check it out. Go to my soul CBD dot com my soul com and enter the code shalene at checkout for 20 percent off all right back to the show when our routine is off we start to feel really off and most of our routine connects little do we realize it subconsciously the habits and routines that make us feel normal you know there's a chain reaction if every morning i wake up and i have my coffee and that's when i go through my push journal And it's when I listen to an audio or a podcast or a book. And now if I'm not waking up early to go to the gym or to get my workout in, now I've missed all of those habits because I don't have the anchor for them. So maintain your habits as much as possible. The other thing that's important is that community. Even though I don't know a lot of people at my gym, I'm friendly with them. I say, hello. I, you know, I recognize them. We nod. We might not know each other's names, but they're the faces I know. And that feels like community, right? It's weird that I don't know these people, but you know, they're friendly. And so to some extent they become part of your life and you don't know them, but gosh, if something were to happen, you'd probably step in and try to help them. That friendly nod, the smile, those kinds of things. And and so your community is key to your well-being. In fact, there's so many great books and studies that have looked at the impact that community has on our overall health. Also, do not forget the importance of the message. 
Like, what is this meant to tell me? What is my body trying to tell me? Especially, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about if it's a, a car accident. That's another situation. But obviously, if it's an accident, what is your body trying to tell you? Probably nothing. But if it's an injury or if it's a chronic thing that just keeps creeping up, when you go into labor early, like your body's trying to tell you, like maybe you're doing too much. Like our body is so smart. It's smarter than our brains. It's going to do things to protect you and to keep you alive. That's your body's job. Subconsciously, your body is trying to keep you alive and to prevent injury and your body's trying to protect you. So the thing is never the thing. In other words, I tore my hamstring off the bone, my hamstring avulsion, but that wasn't the problem. The problem started long before that thing. The problem started with tight adductors and tight quadriceps and tight IT bands and not stretching them enough and overusing my hip flexors. And the other thing is when you have an injury related to something you're doing physically or a repetition or a sports-related injury or a movement-related injury, dude, you own your body. It is up to you to understand how and why this happened. It blows my mind that people just go, oh, you know, my knees have been really bothering me. I think I might need knee surgery. You don't hear people often enough saying, I got to figure out why, because it's not age. You need to figure out why. My hip is constantly bothering me. I hope I don't need a hip replacement. No, don't say, I hope I don't need a hip replacement. Say, I need to figure out why and how I can strengthen the muscles around it. What's caused this? Because it's not the hip. That's where it's manifested itself. When you've got, you know, bad feet, plantar fasciitis, it's not, the problem isn't with the sole of your foot. The problem started somewhere else in the chain. It's always someplace else. So it's figuring out those imbalances. And the only way you can do that is by being a detective, really understanding your body, being aware of all the things you're doing, being aware of the repetition and being aware of how a certain muscle group gets overly tight. And what happens when that muscle group gets overly tight? What is the chain reaction? The other day, a friend of mine was telling me that she went to take this boot camp class. And in the boot camp class, okay, I want you to picture this. And this is a little test question. They did high knees. Okay, so you're running in place, pulling your knees up. Then they dropped to the floor and they did mountain climbers. Okay, got that? So hands on the floor, mountain climbers. That's where you're driving your knees up towards your chest and you're in a plank position. Then they drop back onto their hips and they're doing, with their knees bent, feet elevated up off the floor, kind of doing a Roman twist. So it's almost like a crunch, but you're going side to side to side, kind of like tapping the floor, but your, your knees are elevated, your feet are up off the floor, right? And a few other exercises that were very similar. And right away, I thought, oh man, no, I would not be doing those particular drills in that boot camp class because so far, this is all great cardio, but every single one of those exercises right there is all hip flexor. Your hip flexors are what pull your the weight of your leg up. So great exercises, but if somebody who isn't, I'm sorry, well experienced or very knowledgeable in overuse injuries doesn't realize that someone can do that workout. They'll be injury free, maybe for months, maybe for even years. But over time that creates an excessively imbalanced strength in your hip flexors, which pull the pelvic bone forward, which place strain on the lower back, which creates tight hamstrings, which leads to tight IT bands, which leads to bad knees. So it's not that it's the pounding that's now giving you pain in your knees. 
It may have started way back when, when we were doing all this hip flexor stuff, right? Kickboxing. Oh my gosh. When I taught turbo kick seven days a week, talk about overtraining and overtraining your hip flexors. You can pull a Mack truck with my hip flexors. And that's one of the reasons why I created Pio was to create that balance because that turbo was straight hip flexors. So I had to be very careful about the way I designed the choreography, the way I balanced legs and upper body punching sections with kicking sections. Because when I first developed the program, there was a way too much hip flexor and not enough of the balance of your hamstrings and glutes. So it's proper design. And, you know, now I'm going to get off on a tangent, but that's my pet peeve is I see all these people who are like, quote unquote, fitness experts now because they have a big following and a cute butt and they look great in spandex. And so they're on Instagram designing workouts and people are looking at their workouts every day. And meanwhile, what credentials do they have other than their bodies? None. N-O-N-E. So be careful because you end, you got to just think about how your body works and how one part affects the other. So while you're in this state, understand how you got there. Before you consider surgery, really understand how this happened so that you can potentially strengthen all of the muscles that may have caused the imbalance. Man, it wasn't, but gosh, maybe October, one of my friends had to go in for shoulder surgery. Shout out to Holly. Hey, Holly. And we were lifting together and we were both like kind of commiserating on how similar our shoulder pains were. And, you know, she's done everything possible. She's gone to physical therapist. She's tried to rehab it, done everything. A lot of the same things that I hadn't done yet. I'd done some of those things. And she was finally at a stage where she's like, well, I'm going to go get an MRI. And, and sure enough on the MRI, they could see the tears and she elected to have the surgery. And I felt like, well, that's where I'm headed. But before I decided to commit myself to the MRI, there were a few things that I hadn't yet done that Holly had done. So I decided to see a physical therapist and and get that shoulder right. And I literally told them, I said, it's been uh, probably a year and a half since I could really do push-ups without pain and or lateral raises. And I'm getting all these imbalances now because I can't lift as heavy on that side. And it's really upsetting me. And I can't do my push-ups or my pile the way I want because I can't do pile the way I want. I'm not doing pile as much. And now, now I'm not as flexible. You know, it's a whole thing. And so we started working on, it wasn't the shoulder. It was a whole bunch of other muscles that were causing the shoulder to do more work than it was supposed to. And so I started working on improving the strength of those muscles. Y'all, I can do push-ups again. I can do it all again. It's been over a month and I'm like pain-free. And I, I kind of thought maybe I had a tear. Now, I didn't get an MRI, but I was ready to. But there's no pain now. So we're sometimes too quick for that fix. And Certainly, there are incidences and moments and exceptions where you you need to get surgery. But I think that's like walking in after your first fight with your husband saying, I think we need a divorce. Like, don't make that your first guess. You need to go to a whole bunch of professionals and see if you can fix it before you ditch it. And the same is true of any physical ailments you're dealing with. Like, put in the time to really understand how do we get here? What is my role? What am I doing that's contributing to this? How can I fix this? How can I understand my body better? What am I doing with my sleep? The way that I'm sleeping, the position that I'm sleeping in, the way that I'm training, the food that I'm eating. Inflammation has such a big role on all of our injuries, aches, and pains. Just about any itis, just about any itis, listen to what I'm about to say, 
tendonitis, arthritis, aches in your joints, just about all of those can be eradicated by eliminating or reducing inflammation. And inflammation so often, gosh, the majority of the time is a result of what we're eating, which might even be something healthy, but you don't realize it's got a toxicity for you. It doesn't agree with you. There's a food sensitivity because you've maybe consumed too much of it. You know, I, I can handle a little bit of dairy, a little bit, but if I have too much, oh my gosh, I wake up the next day, my fingers are swollen. My knees are kind of achy. All my joints are kind of achy. And I'm always like, oh wow, is it so this is arthritis? And I'm like, nope, this is, I had too much dairy. So just Man, the more you learn about your body, the more exciting it is and the blessings that come from that are tremendous. So that was the last thing I wanted to say is that when you have a setback, just look at all the blessings. You know, what is it you can do now? Maybe you've always fought the idea that you need to learn to meditate or maybe you've heard people talk about breathing techniques and you thought, eh, I don't need that. That sounds like hippie stuff. Well, Maybe this is God's way of saying, you know what? You need to actually breathe and to rest and to care for your body in a way other than beating it up. And there's always a blessing. Sometimes the blessing isn't even physical. I remember that when I was placed on bed rest, when I was pregnant with Brock, you know, this is, of course, before I learned all these things, I still saw the blessing and I was like, oh, you know, this is a perfect time for me to sort through all of our tax information, all of our papers to do all the things that I don't want to do. And I haven't slowed down to get our, you know, paperwork, our documents and everything else in order to create a filing system. So find the blessing in it. When I had the hamstring avulsion, I was also writing my book. That was kind of a blessing, right? And it also taught me how to properly trained my upper body. It forced me to slow down. It forced me to look very closely at my nutrition because you can't exercise away what you're eating in the other 23 hours of the day. Exercise is realistically maybe 10, 15% of your results, but the majority of your results are coming from your nutrition. So it was like, oh, this is cool. This is just a really important time for me to focus on my nutrition. The other thing that it did for me is because I couldn't spend, you know, an hour doing cardio or strength training my lower body. I spent that time doing things that were really good for my brain. Like I did hyperbaric oxygen chamber treatment. So there's always a blessing in, there's always something more that you can be doing. And the quicker you can shift your perspective and see the blessings and shift the way you're framing this, not as an injury, but as a, a pattern interrupt and an opportunity for you to get better at something else, an opportunity for you to take care of another area physically for yourself, do that. But what I don't want you to do is to give up. I don't want you to be all or nothing. I don't want you to think, well, I can't work out right now because I have a broken leg. Not true. I was at the gym a couple days ago. Actually, this guy's there all the time and he is uh, paraplegic and I watch him wheel himself from equipment to equipment. And it's not easy. Y'all, it is not easy. He has to anchor his chair and then climb from his chair into the equipment that is not built for him. And he finds a way and the dude has the best attitude and he's jacked. So you're trying to tell me I got a broken leg. I got a bum ankle, so I can't work out. Oh no, you don't. Don't you dare. Don't you dare think in those terms. There's so much you can do. 
I just watched a documentary on Wim Hof breathing. That's the next thing I'm excited to learn. So check that out too. If like right now you really can't like arms and legs, you can't do any of that right now. Like maybe you're on bed rest because you just are about to give birth or something. Check that out. Wim Hof breathing. Check that out on YouTube. Anyways, attitude's everything, y'all. You've got the ability to improve yours. I want you to be in a good mood. We can only change when we're in the right state of mind and we have to be in a happy state of mind. And the way to do that is to realize you've got total control and you have so many blessings and this is just going to be a blip on the map and you are going to come back and you're going to be better for it. You might not be the same, but you're going to be better for it. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. This episode has been brought to you by Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to pushjournal.com.